Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Tara. And Jen, Jen is not with us today because um, apparently she had a reaction to one of the medications that she was on. And oh. so she had to go in the emergency room and, and get them to uh, figure out what was going on. So she can't be with us today, but she'll be with us next week. And next yes. week, I think what we're doing, we're going to be reviewing Payback. Payback. So if you're somebody that's listening to this and, and you haven't read Payback yet, you might want to skip next week's show. Just FYI. Yes, we don't want to spoil you. Right. Because we're, you're definitely going to spoil people. Yeah. Uh, but this week, we decided to, well, first of all, we asked a long time ago for people to give us um, topics for shows. And I can't remember exactly what, why we asked. But anyway, we got a lot of feedback from people and you we were going through them like, okay, this person said this or this or this. We were listing them all in our chat with each other. And um, I put one up there and Jen was like, you know, that sounds interesting. So what the original topic was, was talking about villains in terms of in-depth villains in terms of Eve's ability to kind of like get in their heads and be able to see a crime scene. Mm -hmm. But then I realized we already had done a show about in-depth villains technically. So I wanted to make sure that this show was like a lot different than that instead of talking about the villains themselves specifically, because part of that question that that person had put up was uh, whether or not Eve has psychic abilities in terms of her being able to see a crime scene. So I said, well, what if we just talk about that? Just talk about this question of whether or not Eve has actual psychic abilities. Is that how she's being written by Nora? And I think that the consensus among pretty much everyone is that, yeah, that's how she's being written specifically by Nora to be a sensitive and have psychic abilities. I guess I never, so until we literally decided on this topic, I hadn't thought too hard about it um right i don't i don't disagree with that statement part of me um thinks of it as like as like the different ways that um sensitives are like classified you know like people with abilities are classified like yeah. how a lot of these characters that we meet it's like that's very obvious that's their thing we all know about it and then right. eve is eve is very much like it's just is part of who she is. Like, I feel like if you were, you know, when people are like, are you sure you're not a sensitive, which has happened more than once in the series and people are like, right. You know, I, I think, I think that, that the idea of Nora writing her from that way is absolutely mm -hmm. like, I can see that, but it's in a different route than like, you know, um, Zeke Peabody, you know, like that kind of, Right. She's, she's less obviously not just because she's like anti woo woo and things like that, but like, right. It's, it's less about what is traditionally thought of as something special and more like heightening the idea of being an empath and having gut instincts and what, what those, those can be, how, how those things can be considered to the level of, being of a sensitive nature. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think, I think that Nora is writing Eve that way in that regard. Um, and I kind of love it. 
I do love it. Yeah. And um, it's hard for me because I am such a skeptic. Yes. I know that Nora's is probably writing even that way because that's just how Nora, that's just how Nora is. Mm -hmm. She loves to give people magical powers, you know? So I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's what she's doing. Yeah, that tracks. But I still want to think that it's just a heightened, what would you call it? Just a heightened amount of, you know, how she sees things. She sees things more than other people. Oh, yeah. I'm probably saying that badly. But um, I, I know what you're saying, though, and I don't know that you're saying it badly. <laughs> And a lot of my thought about it comes from this um, school of thought where people, a lot of psychologists will say that um, people who appear to be very empathic, is that a word? Yeah, empathic. Yeah. Okay. Are people that had really bad uh, childhood trauma as a kid. Mm -hmm. And how it plays in is as a kid, if you were abused badly, you have to, as a child, you have to become hyper aware of situations. Yep. Because you have to know whether a situation is coming, right? Yeah. To kind of prepare yourself. So you have to become hyper, very hyper aware of people's demeanor, their facial expressions. All of that gives you your thoughts in your head of whether or not it's a bad thing is coming, you know? Yeah. That's how I always saw what Eve does, because it's clearly that's coming into play here. Yeah, I'd say 100%. That is a huge, a huge thing mm -hmm. in, when it comes to her. Absolutely. Um, without trying to spoil the book, when I read um, Payback, that's one thing that Eve said in particular about one of the suspects was, I saw something in their face. And yeah. that. And, and most people would go like, well, what? Well, I didn't see anything, you know, and that's something that Peabody would say a lot of times. Well, what did you right. see? Because I didn't see anything. Yeah. But Eve often will see a facial expression on somebody and go like, oh, uh-huh. She's hyper aware of people's facial expressions. Yeah. Well, and she knows she is. That's the other right. thing is like, again, it, it, it kind of goes back to the fact that Eve won't tell you that she thinks she's a sensitive or anything, but like she right. knows she is. She asks questions literally just to get reaction that people think that they're hiding from her, right. which is one reason why she's fucking fantastic at what she does. But I really, the, the point that you're making about like that trauma sensitivities, which is, which is not the same as like, you know, being a sensitive, I get, but right. like, but if we're going to step outside of a world where Nora is writing people with these kind of abilities, trauma sensibilities are real. Mm -hmm. And you're hundred percent right about, you know, just people who need to be prepared because that's, that's how they survive those type right. of situations. <laughs> and now she's like, I'm just using it for my job. No wonder I'm so fucking good at right. it. Right. Because <laughs> she knows she's good at her job. So, right. and so, but having said that, 100% aware that Nora is probably writing her as a sensitive. 
And because Nora just likes to do that. Yes. <laughs> and anybody that's read not just the In Death series, but especially Nora's regular books knows that she loves to do this, especially with, for some reason, a lot of her Irish characters have those abilities. A lot of those, a lot of her characters with those abilities end up being a descendant of some Irish, like, you know, tribe or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's what she loves. She's just really connected to Ireland. She does a lot of characters that are Irish. Um, and the only reason I'm saying this is because you know how you get those weird thoughts in the middle of the night, you like wake up and I don't know, you have these weird, weird thoughts. I don't know why the, why, I do. okay. Yeah. So I we, do. 100%. <laughs> so we talked about this, this show and everything. And I don't even know if it was this show or something else that made me think of it, but um, I read just recently we were looking, I can't remember. It was, I'm sure it was a research for a show, but I was looking into the origins of Eve's dad's name because technically um, Eve's last name should be Troy. Right. Yes. So I just thought like, I, I would really like to know like where that, where the origins of that comes from. And um, you will not be surprised to know that there are a couple of places where that name could come from. One of which is Ireland. Okay. Where I think the Irish word that this name, Troy, T-R-O-Y, springs from, is from an old Irish word that means foot, foot soldier. Oh. And I just have to, because, look, um, Irish is weird. I mean, yes, can confirm. We we love any Irish uh, listeners we have out there. Love the Irish language, obviously, but it's um, also weird. <laughs> it's also weird. So uh, the there is you know a Troy. It's a, uh, this website, and I think this is uh, ancestry. Shortened anglicized form of the Irish Troy. O Troy. Descendant of Troyach, I think that's how you would say that, Troyach, um, a byname meaning foot soldier. Yeah, I'll bring it up and I will show you. And it is just nutty. This part of it has absolutely nothing to do with anything. But I just, <laughs> when I saw the Irish, um, the Irish spelling of this, I was like, well, that's something that has to be talked about on the show. Okay, uh, yeah, absolutely. Me, uh, because we love to look at Irish spellings being like, right? <laughs> right? Then you could take a look at this Wikipedia page and see. There you go. Up here. <laughs> the fuck do you say that? <laughs> hey, everyone. I just realized that I never spelled this name out so that all of you could know what we are looking at. So essentially, uh, how you're spelling this name is O, capital O. And then T-R-O-I-G-H-T-H-I-G-H. And that is nutty. Anyway, back to the show. Do you want to know how you say that? Um, oh, Troy. <laughs> Literally, because in this, in this particular instance, G-H would be silent. 
Oh my um, God. Anything after a T <laughs> is typically silent and a GH is silent. So Troy, I mean, that's essentially. What is the fucking point of all these letters, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I'm, I might be slightly off on that, but I am almost positive that that's how that's, that would be said. Troy. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad about it. But I, I know just enough about how things are spelled and pronounced in Irish to have seen that and go and went, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Makes sense. Troy. Oh, Troy. Yeah. That makes total sense. So anyway, um, so it being it being irish and my in th- my train of thought was it was a weird because like i said it was late at night or whatever but my train of thought was how in the world like we know that rourke's father came to america to meet with eve's father and yeah ricker was in between that but it seems weird it seems odd right right unless you think about maybe there was some some connection if E's father was, you know, Irish in some capacity and had Irish people in Ireland who maybe in some weird way knew people, you know, Patrick Rourke's people. Right. I don't know. I it's mean, it's a stretch. It is. But that is, that is a huge stretch. I just it's found fun it to think about. It's I just found it at. interesting. Yeah. But yeah. And so it doesn't, it it really doesn't surprise me at all that pretty no again Nora could probably have not thought about that last name at all or it could be that she had encountered somebody in Ireland <laughs> whose last name was Troy or knew somebody whose last name was Troy and knew their history was Irish I don't know but it it is an Irish name it does not need to be spelled like that though it doesn't need to be spelled like that. <laughs> it does not need to be spelled like that that is, that is absolutely out of control illogical <laughs> logical that it would be spelled unnecessary that way. <laughs> right um anyway so we've we've gone off uh, on a little tangent but uh us yeah. we went off on a tangent what but us? all of that to say <laughs> all of that to say that nora really likes making uh her characters have psychic abilities and more often than not if she has a character that has psychic abilities that character is irish so i i don't have any problem believing that nora somewhere in the back of her mind knew that eve was irish or, or decided that somewhere in her distant distant past she had irish ancestors and from them she um got this gift of being a sensitive i could see that i also just realized that like none of the irish characters we know are sensitives or does Rourke have like a cousin or something like are any of like Sinead's family or any of them i don't know we don't often see them enough to really get any kind of a feeling i know but at the same time i mean like yeah, like we haven't been able to get a feeling because with Eve we have a feeling, but everyone else it's just been like flat out said like mm-hmm. this person is a sensitive. And then every now and again when when we encounter like a character that's only in one book because they're like a a witness or a you know right 
survivor or something and we get that we get that information on them but we haven't we don't think that isis is some sort of irish descendant she must be because she's nora's character (laughs) (laughs) i mean but also like isis could be yeah i mean but i was thinking of like rourke's family i bet at least one of them has some kind of wouldn't you think Oh yeah, his cousins or, you know, that we just don't know about. Yeah, we just don't know about. It seems know. to me. I just like, thought of that as we were talking about like them being Irish and how Eve could potentially have that Irish ancestry. Yeah, I mean, also like a lot of people in America have an Irish ancestry, so that's not hard to think about, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um. I want to say that, and I could be wrong, that uh, that um, Sinead said something to him, to, to her at some point. Like she, she saw that. Have, that, sound, that sounds familiar. Like several people have said something to her. Yeah. Obviously, like the one that we, well, I think you posted it too, that was Selena. Is that, well, that was her name, right? Oh, yeah. Selena and Isis. Selena and Isis, I definitely remember both of them saying that. Yeah. So I was looking on the wiki and they don't, they, not much is said on the wiki about um, Eve's being a sensitive. Um, it's, it's, there's one portion, there is a page for sensitives <laughs> on, the, okay. on the wiki. Cool. That just like, um, lists who they are? Yeah. Um, and there's one part, I think I got this from Eve's bio. Though Eve had previously met with Isis Page, Zeke Peabody, and Sam Peabody, each known as sensitives, there was no indication that she could gauge the ability or potential of these individuals. Oh, gauge the ability or potential that each of these individuals possessed. She was unaware until told that Isis and Sam had violated her privacy with their powers. In Visions and Death, Selena Sanchez told Eve that she was surprised that Eve was so resistant and suspicious of sensitives when she has a gift herself, and Eve protested. Um, in Ritual and Death, Eve demonstrated the ability to identify a sensitive, identify when they use their ability, and the strength power of their abilities. When she stepped into the pentagram drawn at the crime scene where Ava Marsterson was murdered. She felt a pull, and during Isis's ritual, she felt something cold, brutally cold, push against the air. Yeah. So there are those times when people do, you know, when when Nora does kind of indicate to us that maybe Eve has something a little bit more than advanced intuition. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right, and I think I think she's she's definitely being very strategic about it. Because Eve is our favorite skeptic. Right. Yeah. And, and for that, I appreciate it because, you know, yeah, I do want to make up my own mind, you know, as far as that's concerned. Well, especially, you know, when we just finished reading Possession in which there was, we kind of went too far with that, you know? Yeah, we went a little bit too far. Possession went a little too far. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's 
Um, it's anytime we get to spend with these characters, I'm in, you know, it's fine. Right. So should we talk about what people responded as far as this topic is concerned? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Way to pull up Facebook. Well, I can I can do Instagram first if you Okay. I'll let so, you do that. So yeah, I, on Instagram I did post the uh discussion between Selena and Eve and where Selena says I'm, I'm surprised you're so resistant and suspicious of sensitives when you have a gift yourself. And Eve says, I don't. And Selena says, staring, Selena huffed out an impatient breath. Bull, do you think what you see and feel and know is just instinct? Only instinct? Then she shrugged. Whatever you call it, it's a gift. So then I got responses. Um, Antiquarian said, I don't think Eve is a sensitive. However, I believe she's more sensitive than most because of her history, skills, and training. Eve's ability to see what has happened at a crime scene is almost a critical fabulation. That's a, that's a word. Yeah, it is. Where okay. she can fill in what happened in between gaps in the evidence because of her highly developed analytical skills and knowledge of not only violence, but interpersonal relationships too. I think her relationship with Rourke and the friendships she has developed throughout the book series have bolstered her abilities, which, you know, that, yeah. that, that could be. So there's one that's saying, don't think she's a sensitive. Um, the sister Grimm says Eve is 100% a sensitive. Multiple characters tell us outright that she is including other sensitives. Plus her ability to see what happened to get into the killer's mind. Isn't just instinct and experience. When she's in the zone, she feels what the killer is feeling, thinks what they were thinking. Also, I also believe that start, I also believe that starting is promises. She was actually having convos with ghosts in her dreams. The idea of the supernatural freaks her out, so she won't put a label on what she has, but I believe we've been given ample clues that she's a sensitive. And, That's essentially what you've been saying. Yeah. Right. And uh, Melissa Kunamitsu uh, says, I agree with you. She prefers to think of it as cop instinct, but it does give her an edge. However, it's only one aspect of what makes her the investigator that she is. Her intelligence, determination, courage, and compassion are equally as important. And the sister Grimm said, oh, absolutely. Her being sensitive doesn't negate the fact that she's also amazing at her job. I agree that it just gives her an added edge that others might not have. We see this with Peabody. At one point, I can't remember which book off the top of my head, Peabody makes a comment that she can't get into the killer's head like the lieutenant can. Peabody is just as good as, at her job as Eve is, but she has different gifts. But having said that, I mean, when we talked about this could be the heightened um, um, ability to, you know, situational awareness ability okay. could be due to Eve's traumatic past. And Peabody doesn't have a traumatic past. No. And also Peabody's only been investigating murders with Eve for like two, three years, whereas Eve has another eight years beyond that. So yeah. 10 years beyond that. Um, then 
V.S. Baxter says, I completely agree. I think Nora leads us to that with her vivid dreams where she talks with the dead as well as her walkthroughs of the crime scenes that leads her to see what is happening. Uh, MMG153 says, I think she has a lot of good experience in solving crimes, very good deductive reasoning ability, and she loves what she does. She dives into her cases with an almost exclusion of anything else. That focus and a great team makes her a very successful crime solver. I don't think she's sensitive. What she is, is very good at her job. Uh, Maureen Lee says, I think she has many sensitive tendencies. They allow her to see crimes, criminals, and customs better. K.A. Gavio says, yes, she is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Darcy Loves Liza says, I think it's a combination of both. Though Eve might and sister skills are purely professional instinct, part of her job. While she is absolutely tops at her job, I think part of the reason she is so is because she's always had something of the sensitive within her, even if it's unconscious. Empathizing with victims is like Eve's superpower, and it's what is already within her that allows her to do that. Her training and experience may have honed it, but there was definitely something more there to start. And we have one more. Uh, Jayed? Jade, maybe it's Jade. Jade Schuyler says she is most definitely a sensitive. She just doesn't like to be called one because she doesn't believe in supernatural powers, but her <laughs> instincts are definitely more than instincts. So there you go. On Facebook, we have, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Is it Dania? Dania Sachs said, I think that Eve's instincts are partly a detective trope a la Sherlock Holmes, hence her sensitivity to focusing in on things in the crime scene and also as a result of her past. Why the detective trope? Because it allows us readers to pick up clues as Eve investigates since we are seeing her point of view. Her past definitely plays a part from both the victim and murderer perspective. Why I state this is because of her many dreams of killing her father. Yes, she's working through her abuse via the dreams as well as pondering the case. But almost every dream with him in it, he's accusing her of being his murderer. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and, um, um, sorry. No, you're good. Um, so there's somebody on, since, since you mentioned that, there's somebody on Amazon who does a bunch of reviews of these books. And every single time... They talk about how unrealistic it is for, you know, Eve having been an eight-year-old girl to kill her father with, and they're, and they always, and I always know it's the same person every time, because first of all, they don't put their name. So they're a coward. Um, They just put Kindle customer, but um, they always put, um, it's impossible for an eight-year-old to kill a grown man with a dull paring knife. And I put up my finger quotes that thing because <laughs> they've never, she's never described the knife. She just says a knife. There was a knife in the right. kitchen. So do we know it's a paring knife? No, it could be a cooking. That could have been a big ass cooking knife. It could also, have been a paring like knife. A forensic expert. Right. Yeah. And have even you if ever it, been a desperate eight year old girl trying to 
live exactly this kind of yeah how you know and and for somebody to put that in every single one of their reviews is kind of weird like you know that is something that they're like really caught up on and i'm not really sure why you can't let go of that exactly stop reading the series but also even if it's let's just say it is a pairing knife or whatever nobody said it was dull Nobody said it was dull. You're saying it's dull. Nobody else said it was dull. Right. And yes, if you're an eight-year-old. Yeah, you didn't go. And it was a dull knife that I murdered my father with. Right. It's like, it wasn't a butter knife. You know, that's what this person, you know. I mean, obviously it was a sharp knife. And it does. I have no problem believing that that there was a sharp knife and she could kill her because you know even if you're eight if you manage if some if a large person was on top of you and you managed to grab a knife and you have it in your hand even if it was a small paring knife those things mm-hmm. are sharp as fuck and right? you could like poke that into somebody's chest or their neck or whatever and that's gonna stop them for enough time for you to be able to, if you're panicked, take it out and stab them a few more times. Exactly. And there, at that point, who's to say that this, you know, maybe he was, you know, so shocked that he couldn't do anything else. And he, and the more she kept stabbing him, the more he injured he became. So like, who are you to say? Yeah. But again, I'm sorry. I digress. No, because, uh, I mean, no, why are you so fucking hung up on that? Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous um also on facebook uh quincy adams says definitely a sensitive eve is uncomfortable with thinking that she eve is uncomfortable with thinking that she is so she never tries to fully lean into it then her subconscious steps into her dreams to give her a nudge i think the only time that she kind of leaned into it was when she got possessed yes Without giving too many spoilers, Eve picked up on something from the responsible party in the latest book. No one else in the room saw it, but Eve did. That's why she kept digging into the responsible party. Um, even though the evidence w- said there was nothing there. Right. Um, but that's what we talked examples. about. Right. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. could that could very well have been just her trauma response. You know, her being heightened oh, yeah. to people's, you know, facial expressions. Things that no one else would even possibly think of being anything. Yeah. So. Um, Other examples. uh, She took her inner child on a play date without a shrink prompting her. That is next level energy work. Yeah. And, and that makes sense to me too, because she is, she is dreaming about things that have, that have to do with the crimes, you know, and that crime happened at a playground. Yeah. And, you know, that she saw her mother, it, 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 it makes sense to me that she saw, cause she kept seeing herself in these dreams. So mm-hmm. if part of what was, you know, happening with this case was, it was, it was, it happened on a playground. It makes sense to me that she would dream that she would be a, a child going down the slide. I mean, oh, and yeah, I absolutely. don't think that that requires psychic abilities, you know, but just a heightened yeah you know, trauma response. I mean, yeah. I could, I mean, I could see how it could be well, yeah. part of that. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, as a former victim, she can get a sense of the victims throughout 
Oh my God, I cannot read today. As a former victim, she can get a sense of the victim's thoughts and feelings. It's why she fights so hard for them. She also unfortunately got to witness the motivations and actions of a monster up close and personal. Burn in hell, Richard Troy. She uses her experience. <laughs> yes, do. Mm-hmm. She uses her experience plus her extra sensory knowledge to get into the brains of the killers. She can teach Peabody behavior patterns, but not the inner knowing that she has. Um, Cindy Kanashiro responded to that and said, uh, well said, you may have just nudged me closer to believing that Eve is a sensitive. Uh, Cindy had said also, um, I may be prejudiced because I don't believe in sensitives. I have to work hard to suspend my disbeliefs when they appear in the in-death books. Like you, I dislike possession and death because I view Eve as a rationalist. I think she is very observant. As a survivor of abuse, I think you can often drift down one of two paths. You become very observant and aware to protect yourself from violence, or you withdraw and hide from reality. Right. Eve became a cop. I view that as preparing to fight and face and fight the dragons. She is going to use all of her abilities to fight them, including developing her ability to observe and read people as a violence survivor myself. I know that you can choose to learn the red flags that indicate violence in a person. I have read several books in my youth that told me the flags to watch for. I made some poor choices in the beginning, but at the first sign of those danger flags, I eliminated those people from my life. I believe Eve has learned these flags. I believe Having lived with violence, her evil father, her evil foster mom, the lousy state foster care system, that she has learned how evil people work. She has learned how to sort people. This is why podcast and death is so fun. I love to discuss the books, especially the <laughs> series. Uh, I love to discuss books, especially this series. It is so enjoyable and enlightening to hear and read other people's thoughts on these books and characters. Thanks, Cindy. Yeah. Um, and then Louisa. Uh, Magan- Magana, Magana, sorry, Louisa Stone. <laughs> Definitely better instincts, but isn't that because she is a sensitive? Um, Anna Marie Kinch says, uh, spot on analysis to Quincy. She learns so much from her dreams. Sometimes it even takes her a little while to realize what the dreams reveal. That's a good point. Um, Michelle Kenyon said, I think she might be mildly sensitive, but she is 1000% ultra observant with well-honed instincts. Quincy's analysis of how she doesn't lean into it, which is why she gets the dreams is an excellent explanation. I tend to lean more towards the dreams being her subconscious working things out. The first half of the series, it's mainly focused on her past, but now that she is more at peace there, the dreams are more about the case. I think her brain is observing all day long, like all brains do, and she instinctively knows what is important enough, what is important info to file away when looking over a scene, the victim's house, talking to witnesses, friends, etc. Some of it makes sense right away, some of it doesn't, and I think those dreams are a way for her subconscious to work through what she observed throughout the day, along with the data and, and info she receives from other cops and from Rourke. So, yeah, I think she might be both, but she definitely is intuitive, instinctual, with great observation skills. Yes. 100% mm-hmm. is intuitive and instinctual. And, yeah, I can't speak today. Rosalia says, I think she is both. 
She has highly developed observation skills and great instincts, but I think she is a sensitive in denial. She is able to recognize when someone is trying to read her and learn to block it. I don't remember which book it was that Peabody acknowledged to Eve that one of the suspects was trying to read her and admitted that this person carry a punch and Peabody answer her, really, I didn't feel anything. Right. What? Well, I don't remember which book that was. That was in um, Ritual when, when she went to um, oh, interview the yeah, doctor. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, Christine Graft Haggart says, I think she has great skills and insights, but part of it comes from being a sensitive. She just doesn't like to think about it. She doesn't. No. <laughs> and then um, Peggy Gross said, I think her dreams seem to indicate a touch of sensitive combined with the well-developed ability to notice everything and everyone in the moment she walks into a room. She remembers every detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think a lot of a lot of us who are like, yeah, sensitive, are kind of on the same page there. Like, she's also really fucking good at her job. Yeah, those you know, those abilities aside, or the the presence of those abilities aside, but she's really good at her fucking job. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's you know, it would have been fine if if Nora had just left it there, you know that she's just really good at what she does. But again, right. you know, Nora is Nora and she loves the supernatural stuff. So of course <laughs> Eve is going to have a little bit of that psychic ability, you know, which is fine, which is fine. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're reading the books either way, whether or not she's intending to make Eve seem like a sensitive or just really fucking good at instincts. Mm-hmm. We're going to read the books anyway. And we still love right. Eve anyway. Yeah. Except for the weird people who read the series and don't like Eve. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I will never understand that, but um, never, ever, ever understand that shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even, even I can like suspend, suspend my disbelief enough to go like, well, I mean, no. Okay. I mean, it's a fiction story and it's Nora's story. Right. And she also can write fiction. what she wants. <laughs> and if she wants to make her character, psychic then good for her <laughs> that's you know. fine with us because we're gonna we're gonna read it either way yeah i mean i do feel like the majority of people um <laughs> sorry lily's like being very noisy behind me <laughs> i was like i was like what's going on over there lily okay well it's fine you know i'm doing a podcast go lay down Go on, go lay down. It's very sad. (laughs) Since Hoover's been gone, especially, it's been like, you know, she she needs a lot of attention and reassurance, I think. But, um, poor thing. Anywho, I don't know what my, I don't, I lost my train of thought, but um, I, I cannot get you on that back on that train i <laughs> it's like, i think it's i think gone. the bottom line was i i don't have a problem suspending my disbelief just based on knowing who nora is as a writer and and what she 
but she typically writes and makes sense to me that she would kind of try to insert a little of that here. Yeah. And that's not, you know, just someone who doesn't read a lot of further works. Like that's not something I thought about, but um, it makes sense. Totally. And I think that, I think what I was going to say was that uh, way more people believe in psychic abilities than people that don't believe in psychic abilities. And Nora is probably one of those that believe that there are people out there with psychic abilities. So it makes sense that, you know, her characters, then it would be normal part of their life. Because I think that at a certain point, well, in, um, in Visions, even Feeney have a discussion about how, uh, you know, psychic abilities are real. And there's even cops in the, in the division who have psychic abilities and they use those from time to time. And, you know. And I feel, you know, and the skeptic in me is always looking at that and going, well, then why aren't they solving all their crimes if they have right. <laughs> cops um, with psychic ability? <laughs> but well, that's just me being an asshole. Evidence. <laughs> you do need evidence. Yeah. You can't you just say evidence. like, well, you can't just, just have Eve talk to a dead girl in the morgue and be like, right. Okay. I will tell that detective. Yeah. To go take care of that <laughs> yeah but that detective still had to go out and do the work of and do the work yeah you know um so anyway um what else what else can we say about this topic i think we've pretty much said it all i, I think the general consensus yeah. is that yes eve is a psychic i yeah i think it is i mean again people who aren't seeing that totally get it because skeptics we exist in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do exist uh, in this world. I was going to say one of the other things about Eve, and I don't know that, that it could necessarily be chalked up to being a sensitive or not being a sensitive, but one thing about Eve that, um, that we could maybe attribute to her being whatever is there was a book that she, she like said she had a bad feeling about something and then it, Something bad happened. Do you know which book I'm talking about? That's not very <laughs> That's very vague. I know, I know. But there was like, like she flat out, you know how like, I feel like that's not something that comes out of her mouth often, but I feel like she said, I have a bad feeling or something. Mm-hmm. What whole book was that? Yeah, I have no doubt that that actually happened. I, but like, I want to say it makes most sense, actually. I want to say it's Visions. Like, I want to say that, like, is, isn't isn't Visions where, like, I don't know, I feel like she says it to Rourke, and it's the same night that, like, she and Rourke go off and question a bunch of people, and then Feeney and Peabody go off and question a bunch of people, and it's the same night that Peabody gets attacked. I want to say it's that. Oh, like she felt something had happened. Like she says, she literally just says, because remember, um, I want to say it's like right after Peabody says something to her in the, like they're in Eve's office at central, mm-hmm. whatever. And she's like, keep me posted or be careful or some shit like that. And Peabody's like, okay, mom, or something like that. Like it's one of those okay, like, kind of classic setups. And then, somewhere later in the evening Eve says to Rourke I have a bad feeling or something and it's not like and it's kind of thrown away like it's not meant to be like done 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 we're gonna like you know suspense or whatever even though suspense is coming 
I want to say that. Uh, <laughs> I just, I remember at one point Eve said, I have a bad feeling. And then someone gets attacked or hurt or something. And I want to say that it's visions, but I yeah. cannot. Well, I typed in, I typed that in bad feeling in, in visions and there's not that unless she said it in a different way. She may have said it in a different way or if it was in a different book because my brain is like, well, that was, I was just thinking of bad things that happen. And that was a book that had a sensitive in it. So I was like, maybe we're trying to make a statement about that. Yeah. I'm looking at that part to see if anything looks no, I'm sorry. Tell I like, like what you were I saying. I like threw us off in this like weird tangent. I just was, that was just another thing that I thought of. Right. So this, uh, so Eve's telling Peabody to get out of here. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Have I just like made this Wait, up in my brain? No, 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 you did not. <laughs> um, she got that bad vibes bad vibes yes yeah so I'm like um, she said something <laughs> so yeah so she says say? to peabody i'm going to tell you to be good stay sharp you pop him and he goes for either of you he'll go for you first eve says right he'll hurt you if he can um and she says so don't so don't let him and right back at you sir and Eve says, give Feeney the rest of the description. Keep it in your head. Maybe he wears a rug. So, And Peabody says, Dallas, this isn't my first flight out of the nest. And Eve says, right, right, right. Restless, she got up, but bypassed coffee for water. Overcaffeinated, she told herself as she opened the bottle. I got bad vibes is all. And Peabody oh, says, want me to call and check when I get home, mommy? She does say it's a Peabody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I mean, it's been a long while since we've read that book. Right. And then, so. I, just, I remember her saying something like that. Right. So. And then Eve says, scram. And Peabody says, scramming. And um, says, Eve dropped down at the desk, added her record of the session with Mira to her case file, organized her notes and t- into her daily report. Rourke had told her he'd meet her at the office at 7.30, if not before, so she had time. A little time, she started research on eye sensitivities, then let the computer hum along while she got up, paced to the window. Bad vibes, she thought again, and looked out at her city. It wasn't extrasensory what she had. What she did was, in her opinion, the antithesis of paranormal. It was elemental, maybe on some level even primitive, the way early man had known to hunt, <clears throat> when to hunt and when to hide. She'd say visceral, except the word always sounded sort of pompous to her, and there was nothing pompous about cop work. The vibes, or lack of, for lack of a better word, were a combination of instinct and experience and knowledge she had no inclination to analyze. She knew he'd marked his next target and could only wonder who and where he'd strike tonight. So there okay, you go. So I didn't make that up. No, that is good the thing job. that it was in the box. <laughs> I'm sorry that I couldn't help pinpoint it any better. I'm really bad at this. Yeah. But no, that was, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a really good, you know, again, it was Eve looking at herself and, and saying like, this is not me having the sight or any kind of psychic abilities. It's just me having, you know, knowing a little bit more about cop work or being a little bit more, uh, what did she say? Um, 
Which is instinct. It was instinct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She feels like it's a, it's the antithesis of paranormal. It was elemental. And she's right. Maybe even on some level primitive, the, the way early man had known when to hunt and when to hide. Right. Yeah. So it is all kind of connected in a certain way. Just your, your own instincts. instincts yeah. And, yeah. And the, because, you know, here's the thing. I mean, so my whole thing about it is that, from from a skeptic somebody who says they're psychic is using a lot of their instinct to get information from people even if people aren't specifically telling them information they're getting information from people just using their instinct and how people are are saying things and how their facial expressions are if you watch somebody doing cold reading um it's a mm-hmm. lot about reading people's facial expressions and not just their words, but how they say things and asking yeah. questions based on what you're getting from them. You know? Oh yeah. And then people are more inclined to say like, Oh, that's right. You know, like you see a lot, you know, I mean, you can watch those, what was that? The long Island medium or something. Was there Teresa Caputo or whatever her name was? Do you remember her? I think so. Poop, yeah. Buffon hairdo. Yeah. 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 And you can watch her show and you can see like her coming up to people and like, oh, you know, I feel this blah, blah, blah and telling them and all, this, you know, just vague stuff and people going, oh yeah, you know, that's my father or whatever. And, and I think in a lot of ways those were set up because you know that especially with, you know, um, reality quote unquote TV, a lot of stuff yeah. in reality TV is set up, you know? Um, but you, there's other, um, videos of her like being on say Oprah Winfrey or, or on some other talk show like that, where they're showing her doing cold reading to an audience and just throwing things out and, and just not getting anything back and just continuing Mm -hmm. to throw things out until somebody says something that she can like, Oh, okay. Then this, this message is for you, you know? Right. And and that's what a lot of cold reading is. It's it's really having an instinct that's as, true, as yeah. to what people are saying and how they're saying it and, and continuing to, and this and it's exactly what Eve does. Ask a lot of questions, throw a lot of questions out there until you get some response that means something to you. That, yeah, that gives you information. That gives you information and, and then you go deeper. Yeah. You know, and... Um, and, and, you know, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I don't believe in it is because, you know, I, I think I've told the story on the show before about how I oftentimes will listen to the um, Pendulette has a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of people in the in the world of magic, you know. And he's like guests on before. One guy in particular, I remember, I can't remember his name, but um, who one of his things is he does cold reading. And the guy even said, like, you can do this. You can learn to do this so well that even he said there there have been times when even I will think in my head while I'm doing a show like, oh, maybe what I'm doing isn't just that. Maybe I do have some sort of he can even convince himself of that. But knowing what he knowing what he knows and knowing he's only doing techniques that he is learned you know, is only doing cold reading techniques and he knows that rationally he can like t- 
talk himself out of that then later on and say like, no, I was just doing cold reading and it's not, I don't have any special abilities. And he said, I tell people that I, I tell them I have, I have absolutely no special abilities, but then go on and do a cold reading with them and get that person to absolutely believe that, that he is talking to their dead loved one or whatever. Yeah. So, and then there was another story he told about, um, their show. They did a show called, um, I can't remember what it was called. It didn't, it wasn't on for very, very long. Um, where they would set up, they would use magic. They would set up situations where, you know, they would use their magic in, in on the street kind of situations, you know? And, um, one of the ideas they had for a show was they had, a, they, they said, why don't we take somebody that we know that we know doesn't know cold reading or anything like that, teach them how to do that and see how they will do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, they found a friend of theirs that was really willing to do that. And they told, it was a woman and they told her, well, you know, take this friend of ours that knows how to do cold reading and he'll teach you exactly what you need to, to do. And then they had set up the scenario where they um, put her in front of a bookstore as if she had written a book about her psychic abilities or like contacting your loved ones or whatever to see if people would come up and they would, they told her, you know, try to give people cold readings and see if you can get somebody to respond to you. Right. And, um, she was doing that and she was doing pretty, pretty well. They said, and she had one guy that had come up to her and she did a cold reading on him. And, um, he, the guy started crying and saying, Oh my God, you're, you're talking to my mother. And they, he said at a certain point after that happened, um, this woman like told them to stop the recording and she went over to them and she said, I can't do this. I can't do this because I know I'm not a psychic and I just deceived this person into thinking I'm talking to his mother. And I got very uncomfortable with that. I I'm, I'm deceiving this person. So I can't, I can't, I, I, I'm really uncomfortable doing this any, any longer. And so they ended up having to scrap that whole thing, the whole thing that they worked on because she was so uncomfortable with it. But she said, this guy was absolutely convinced that, that she was talking to his mother and she wasn't. So, you know, and you know, I, I, I'm sure there could be people out there that have some sort of abilities, but how do you, how do you know? How do you test that? How do you, how do you, yeah. I have totally get you, you know, so I don't know that I've ever really thought about how I feel about that. Like instinctually, I'm like, no, whatever. But I'm also, I guess, like not like adverse to the idea, you know? Yeah. Know. I'm not adverse to any. I mean, I know I, a lot of times I sound like I'm adverse to all of those kinds of ideas, but I'm not just prove it to me. <laughs> you know, there's certain things that you can do that could prove yeah. your psychic abilities. And I don't think I really have, I, I don't think I really have seen anything that I felt like, yeah, there's no other way you could explain that. Given the fact that I've seen other people do cold readings and know exactly the same type of things. And we'll say later, it was just a cold reading. I didn't do anything special. You would have to really, I mean, I don't, can't remember who said it, but um extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of I've how. I've heard that. I don't know who said it, but I've heard that. I'm going to say it was Carl Sagan, but I could be wrong. So I totally get why Eve wouldn't want to believe that she was psychic <laughs> because she is such a skeptic. And it's possible that she doesn't do anything special. And she still knows what she does. I don't know. I mean, she. either way, she knows what she knows. So, And it's entertaining to read about. And, you know, that's that. <laughs> I, right. At the end of the day, I'm still going to read it. I'm still going to read about Eve. Right. And the, the, more, the more that Nora gives her, like, that's that we might perceive as more obvious that she's a sensitive, the more Eve's just going to, you know, not want to admit it. So, you know, just more of us getting Eve as she right. is. And, and it, <laughs> you know, I, I do admit that I said this on our, on our show about possession, that it is really fun to see Eve struggling against it, you know, in, yeah. in, in possession, especially, you know, trying to make sense of what's happening. And not believing it and still having the experiences and, you know, it's still fun to read about. So. Well, and in, and in this particular universe where there's a lot of people around Eve, the people are that, uh, that more than that person acknowledge and, um, you know, credit as being sensitive as having these special abilities and so Eve and Eve isn't like disregarding them. She's not, you know, she, she knows that Selena Sanchez and she knows that Isis and, and Sam Peabody have these abilities. So she can't a hundred percent, you know, be like, that's not a thing. Right. You know, it's the question. And, and the, the, the thing now is, is that can't be me, you know, right. that's not, She's never, she's never going to be like, yeah, I, I definitely recognize that I have this gift. Oh yeah. No, she's always, always going to be like, this is, yeah. this comes down to good police work, but she's not, she's, she's clearly not, you know, so much of a skeptic that she doesn't acknowledge that other people have, right. Have the gifts. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's, fun. I think we probably said all there is to say about. Yeah, that was a fun psychics one, Psychics or e being psychic or any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun. So how about we do some podcast business? Let's do it. Love some podcast business. <laughs> <laughs> um, no new patrons. But I feel like right. we did have a an email. Let me see if I can find it. We do have an email. Ooh, love from Riley. Um, and they say, "Hello, I just recently found your podcast on Spotify when I was looking for a reunion and death audiobook. I found the in death books through the author Christine Feehan. Then that's so funny because that's kind of the path I went through too." I, I read a lot of really, yeah. I was reading a lot, but I was re I read a ton of Christine Feehan, and um, and I know I read some Nora, but anyway, um, I was in a reading rut at the end of 2006, just before Innocent came out in February of 2007. I binged the 20-ish books that had been released about 
in about six weeks. I had to wait for Innocent to release. Most of the reading was during holiday break from college. The library I worked at thankfully had most of them on the shelf, and I only had to interloan a few. Incidentally, Innocent tends to be my favorite with Origin following closely behind. Innocent for the couple interaction, Origin for, for how plausible the science is. None of my library coworkers nor my fellow teaching coworkers read the series, so this podcast is a great way to fangirl about the series. Thank you for all the work you do for this podcast. So thank you, Riley. We appreciate that. She's only on uh, episode. She's probably a little farther along than episode three. She hasn't gotten to you yet. Maybe by this time she has gotten to you. <laughs> but she won't get to our um, comments and for another few months. But um, I did answer back and say, said thank you and hope she writes in again. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Has, has there been anything on Facebook that we need to talk about? Um, let me see. I saw that, um, that this is, it won't matter when, when we get here, but I know that today was stuff your Kindle day, um, that Dana right. had shared. Yeah. Um, so I did that today. Um, <laughs> I went in there and just bought a bunch of books for free that I will maybe read. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> But I was like, you know, who knows? Um, that was yeah. on there. Sue McCreary shared something about demonic, demonic baby dolls. I won't oh, look at yeah. it. <laughs> um, also, Dana had shared this thing about the in-death kitchen. Yeah. I that saw looks that. fun. It so, does look um, fun. For people who are not Facebook members, which is totally okay. Um a woman named Teresa Carl Sanders um, is has posted and shared with the world. I don't know. She said that I am very excited to finally be able to tell you about my new cookbook. Nora Roberts has graciously graciously given me permission to use her work, written under pen name JD Robb, as my inspiration for In Death Kitchen, coming from Macmillan Publishers in 2025, and she's publishing a cookbook in which there will be recipes uh says in death kitchen transports rob's fans to the future where eve dallas rourke and friends feast on everything from somerset's luxurious lobster canapes to a hearty chicken and dumpling stew from the auto chef start the day with McNabb's blueberry danish lunch on galahad's tuna tatki grab a handful of feeny's candied nuts for a quick afternoon snack Unwind after a long day with Peabody's awesome orgasm and join an even Rourke's banter over a quick chicken piccata before they get back to work standing for the dead. And it looks really fun. Um, I, um, I, I'm, I hate cooking, so I would just own it just because, um, <laughs> But I think it sounds so cool. Congratulations to this person. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, when when she posted that, I was like, oh, I, I went on to Instagram and I followed them. And I oh thought about God. actually like contacting them and saying like, hey, do you want to come on the show? But this this book is not going to release until uh, 2025. Yeah. Maybe we should give her time to put it together. Then we can be like, well, you know what we could. 
I see. I thought, well, what maybe what we could do is is have her on the show and maybe just talk about the inspiration for it, why she decided yeah. to do it, and all oh, of that. Yeah. And then maybe once it comes out, talk about it again. And, oh, absolutely! Um, I like that. Contact her again and and talk about it again and and uh, yeah. Yes. So maybe I'll contact her and say, hey, let's come on the show. Tell us about your cookbook and why you decided to do it and all of that. I so. I think it sounds really cool again, and I'm not a person that reads so or reads. I also cooks. don't read <laughs> the cooks. God. <laughs> um uh, I can cook. Especially if I, I mean, have a cookbook. Um, I know how to cook, but you just don't or, like to cook or is I don't it like cooking? Yeah. And it's just me, so definitely like I, I um right before we started the podcast, I so okay. So I'm like totally spoiling Lily now. Um maybe mm. I don't know. Maybe out of guilt. Give her everything she wants. Give her everything she wants. Um, and um, when she was recovering from the rattlesnake bite, uh, the the uh, vet was saying maybe you should, for a few weeks anyway, feed her um, wet food instead of dry food. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. Well, then... I was like, well, I don't want to feed her just any wet food. I don't want to just go and get a can of food. I could. But um, I was like, I'm just going to make my own dog. <laughs> Went online and looked up, you know, what you would put in a dog food if you were going to make your own dog food. Oh, yeah. And got all of the ingredients. And it didn't really cost that much because some of the things that we had, we already had at home. Oh, I think spent nice. like... 30 bucks or something like that, maybe, uh, to get maybe three, four weeks worth of food for her. Um, that's nice. So I was, so I'm just, so now that's what I'm doing. And, um, this is the third batch I've mixed up for her since then. Um, so I've been just giving her like Turkey ground Turkey and, uh, I put some pumpkin in that and usually some vegetables. So I put in canned vegetables, but a couple of times I, I've put in now everything is riced, you know? Oh yeah. Where they cut it up into tiny pieces. So I, I was able Fine. a couple of times to find a, like a riced, like broccoli with cauliflower and carrots, stuff like that. But today I put in some Aww. canned um, peas and carrots. So it's just like spoiler, give her everything, right? She loves it. She's she will eat that. You know? <laughs> so that's a good thing. And you know, I I did want to encourage her to eat more. So, um, anyway. Oh. So there Aww, you go. You're so sweet. You're such a sweet dog, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Well, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, don't compliment me. <laughs> Caitlin is probably like, uh, mom, seriously. <laughs> but you know, it's, anyway, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else as far as podcast business goes. No, I'm excited for next week because mm-hmm. I finally finished the book. <laughs> you guys are like, hurry up. I know. Right. <laughs> uh, 
Sorry. I, and here's the thing is I always take my time with these ones because I just, I don't have, I, I don't have the time to just sit down and read them, mm-hmm. but too, I just, I like to have Susan read them to me and then I read them again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I also am excited for, are we, are we sharing what our next special episode is? Yeah. Did I, did I send out an invite for that? Did you I did. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You so. did. Okay. I just didn't know if we were sharing with everyone. Yeah. That, let's um, do it. Cause it's a week after next it's coming up. <laughs> yeah. So we're, um, we're, we're doing a, a little, uh, a merge with basic cinches again. And this time Adam is reading an in death book and he's Yay. reading witness and death right now. Um, and I'm excited for him to read it. He is an Agatha Christie fan. So when we talked yeah. about him coming on the podcast and, and having read a book, I was like, why not witness in death? The other fun thing about that is we all know that's the first in death book that AJ read. So right. I'm very interested to see how this goes. Um, and it's also, it's a heavy one. It's mm-hmm. a heavy one. It's also got some real funny shit in it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's no one's the sex favorite. story that he posit pockets, right? Yeah. It's no one's favorite, but it's also like really good, you know? Right. I'm sure somebody out there that's their favorite. Yeah. Right. Oh, there's someone. Just there's someone. someone out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'll one. be that'll be fun to hear from him to see what he thinks. You know. Because there are men that read this series. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I remember we had we had a few on in death.net that were yeah. pretty active. Mm-hmm. So but Adam is not a romance novel person. Like mm-hmm. I think more than more than I'm not a romance novel person, but right. I I just I'm interested to hear his thoughts on it and um yeah. And also giving him a, a platform to talk about witness for the prosecution, because I'm sure he's gonna give us some deets on how that yeah, story that'd be, goes that, that'd be fun yeah to hear that because <laughs> he loves he loves her i mean she honestly agatha christie was a freaking genius mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so yeah so that's so, yeah, that's so that up. should be fun and it'll be interesting to see if he thinks that rourke is as much of a dick as i did when i first read i know that i story. can't wait so <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he thinks he is a dick Right. So, He's like, no, this guy's a dick. Yeah. They're both dicks. The end. So. Oh, it- she can hear you. She's like, let's go. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, I think that's it for um, this this week. I don't think we have let's anything else. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of really good episodes to look forward to coming. Coming at you. Um, so, yeah, so that's October. That's payback and then we'll probably finally get to treachery in november Whew, that's gonna be everybody's a thing. been waiting so yeah yeah um cannot wait yeah i can't wait either it's gonna be really I'm fun discussion. always ready for treachery me too it's so good so all right um well that's it for this episode of podcast and death i guess so um, all right for podcast and death, this is AJ. This is Tara. 
And Jen's out there somewhere recovering from the weird reaction she had to one of her medications. And she'll definitely be back next week for oh, a yeah. payback. So, um, so yeah, so for pod, oh, I already said that. Oh, I didn't, what I didn't say was find us on all our social medias. Yes. Or go to our website, podcastanddeath.com. Uh, send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com or call the number 205-476-2753. And that spells out 205-4-ROARC. Call us. Call the number. Um, yeah, so now really that this is it. So Great. <laughs> So for podcast and death, this is AJ. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastanddeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARC. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slotcha to you. Yeah.